Welcome back to another episode of the One Eye Podcast, a focus on purpose. I'm Dave Lavalvo, and this week Jordan Champagne, a minister in the Church of Jesus Christ, will join Cameron Staley and I in a breakdown of the heart as the epicenter of our spiritual lives. Too many times we can settle for trudging through life without the understanding of what is leading us and why. Today, we'll attempt to answer why God wants us to give him our hearts. Welcome back, everybody. Like the intro said, we are diving into the heart today as the epicenter of our spiritual life. And we're fortunate enough to have Jordan Champagne on board with us this week. So thank you for being here, Jordan. Glad to be here. It's a very exciting opportunity. Just uh, very excited to be with you guys today. We're going to try to dive into aspects of the heart and how it might drive our behavior. Main focus we hope to get to here is why it's important for us to give our heart to the Lord. But first, I wanted to discuss football. If you've been watching the news lately, I know we're all football fans here on this podcast. Cameron is a big time Steelers fan. And I think Jordan is a, I know he's a U of M fan, but I'm not sure which professional team you, you lean towards. But all of this going on with Tom Brady moving to Tampa Bay, and now they signed uh, Gronkowski, who was his tight end in New England for all of those championships. And the reason I bring him up is because of the excitement surrounding the fact that Tom Brady is still playing football. New England wanted to part ways. He found a team to take him on. And the excitement surrounding all that is just unbelievable. And it's because he's such a great champion. Another aspect of this style of champion is uh, Michael Jordan. This week, they started the 10-part documentary series called The Last Dance where it goes through the final season of the Bulls' sixth championship. And just like Tom Brady, Michael Jordan is uh, the epitome of a champion. These two athletes would do anything to win. And the reason I'm bringing them up is because I think it ties directly into what we're talking about as a metaphor or as an example of What drives a person to do what they do in life and accomplish the goals they have set for themselves or these extraordinary successes in their lives? I just want to throw it to you guys and get your perspective on both of them. Well, yeah, you mentioned um, possibly to the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, certainly, uh, but into the characteristics of their achievements and how that works for all of us. It, I think it just comes down to core passion. You find uh, a love and a purpose and a drive from your enjoyment and satisfaction and identity in what you're doing. Certainly in life, we all have those things. And so I think um, it's a very central part. It's a conviction. It's, it's, an, it's an emotional experience. And it, it's something beyond uh, just an interest or skill. It's coming from a deeper place. Growing up, I was a huge fan of Michael Jordan. Not a huge fan of Tom Brady for reasons that you already mentioned being a Steelers fan. However, the 
admiration and respect for both is at the utmost level. And watching the Jordan documentary reinforced what I felt as a kid watching and the things I admired. But now I have a deeper appreciation for what he and his team went through in pursuit of their ultimate goal. And in Brady's case, it's really interesting because here he is, I think he's either 43 or going on 44, you know, looking at it from the aspect of you're getting older, your physical skills might be eroding on some level, but he's had to adapt and still figure out ways to pursue what his ultimate goal is, which is winning a championship. I think it's the same for us in the spiritual sense. As we get older and wiser, we have to continually sharpen our spiritual skills in pursuit of our ultimate goal of reaching salvation someday. So very interesting. That is an interesting point. I think that even if those listening, you're not a sports fan or you don't know these athletes or you could care less about football, this still relates to you because maybe it's not athletics that is the driving force behind your motivation. Jordan said that it's a a purpose or a drive or it's a core passion that pushes these guys um, to excel to a degree that they rise above the rest. So, you know, tying that into the spiritual realm like Cameron just did, we could lay out here, rather than Tom Brady or Michael Jordan, scriptural references of all of the super athletes in the scriptures that do the same thing. And I guess today I want to talk about some of these things that help us figure out what will drive us. For instance, the first question I have for you is, I know we've talked before about these uh, cliche sayings like mind over matter and things like that. But sometimes I feel like in my life when I'm trying to accomplish something, my mind will break down and wear down under pressure. I just can't push through it and figure it out and care about it enough. But when I feel that it's tied into something more than that deep inside, like Jordan said, I'm able to overcome those things and keep pushing. Let me present the scripture that we were discussing before we went on today. We talked about Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The thought that keeps running through my mind when I read that, keep thy heart with all diligence, is the question, how? How can I keep my heart with all diligence? And Jordan, when you think about that in particular, What does that necessarily mean to you in terms of keeping your heart with all diligence? I think it's extremely insightful and it's instructional for us to understand the value of the heart. So when I think of keep thy heart, I'm thinking it's automatically placing value on the heart and understanding that it's the ground zero and it's tied to everything we do and everything we are. And so um, to keep it, the first word that comes to my mind is to protect it which means there's, there's some things that want to come in that don't belong, um, that it's vulnerable, that it's, it's dependent. And it's certainly when we think about of serving God, that it would be a matter of entrusting it to him and to his care and to his way. In doing that, you know, the Lord potentially, if, we, if we're looking at it that way, he's the most trustworthy source we have in our life. And he's the keeper of, of all things, heaven and earth. He's created us. And so to, to put it into his hands is, is where it belongs, I think. That's where the keeping is. 
However, I think there's discussion that has to take place, right, in terms of understanding what that even means. Agreed, because I say this all of the time, that it's easy to say, put it in the Lord's hands, so to speak, or allow the Lord to have control of your heart. These are just words, unless you understand the concept behind that. It's almost like to keep your heart with all diligence, your mind and your heart have to be connected. And it's like your mind has to have the idea and your heart has to have the drive. They have to be connected, but both can fail. So it's a kind of a unique relationship there. Um, I teach high school English as a lot of people know, and we do a lot of trying to learn about mindset and how having the right kind of mindset can help you in understanding and learning in a better way and how shaping your mindset can direct your thoughts, obviously, and your behavior. As a matter of fact, on my computer, on my laptop, I have this little note here to remind me. It says, make the choice to let go of negative thoughts. That's what I've written on my laptop. Now, I don't even know if I look at that every day because I'm, I'm that resistant to letting go of anything. If I make the choice to let go of negative thoughts with my mind, is that going to cause my heart to be different? So the connection between the mind and the heart has to be in sync to where maybe the heart overrides the mind to actually follow through. I wanted to ask as you were talking, does one have to happen before the other? Can you make a decision with your mind that then impacts your heart? Or you have to do something with your heart and surrender to allow your mind to move forward. Like you said, you're resistant. You look at your note on your computer and you can tell yourself, I know I need to let my negative thoughts go, but you can't get there. And so I wonder, do we have to let something happen inside of us, in our heart, in our core, before our mind can take us to the place we need to go and then make decisions? Depending who you talk to in life, I, there's probably a different explanation there. I mean, I think in the world, there's a lot of value based on the freedom of the heart. If it feels good, do it. If it works for you, that's fine. It, it, there's, there's kind of this unrestricted way about it that it's like an unbridled force. And we follow the whims and the affections of our heart from moment to moment, which I think the word of God tells us is and can be dangerous the heart is the heart. We're, we're made in God's creation. We're emotional people. We feel things. We're entitled and allowed and permitted by God to experience the full gamut of all of that in humanity. It's then harnessing it to a source that is credible and will help us in life, which the Lord says is why Jesus came. He paid a price and then he paved a way and gave us a way to do that. And I think immediately of scriptures uh, like Psalms that says, thy word is a lamp into my feet. When we feel what we feel, what we do with that, what we think and how all that connects, it's, it's knowing that our heart is a true reflection of who we are in that moment. And then we have the task or the opportunity to measure that against the standard of God. And when we do that, then we kind of create this, you know, you can have all these different paths converge into one way. And, and God meets us in that space. He meets us in that space. So if I had to put it to a word, I would say that we can trust our heart always to be honest, an honest reflection of where we're at, but we can't always trust it to determine what's right. And I think the more we walk with God and adhere to the word of God, the more those inadvertently line up 
but it's always God gave us that for that purpose, that we could have a measuring stick, a ruler to gauge that, that we don't have to be left to our own devices. And that that's also, I think, in the Word of God where it talks about having that change of heart. It's kind of like this realization that when we put God into that space, he will, he will rework it for our benefit. Well, let's talk about the things that make this difficult for people. You said that it reflects honesty, which it does. In, the, in every moment, your heart is who you are. So it reflects honesty, whether it's you know, frustration, disappointment, jealousy, um, lust, anger, pain, happiness, joy, and the whole opposite side of all those negative characteristics are these other wonderful characteristics. And it's a reflection of honesty, like you said. So if we know that about ourselves, I feel like emotion kind of drives my behavior. So I allow my emotions to be a um, conduit for how my heart feels. I think that's the struggle is how to get out of our own way in those situations and give the Lord space to help us with that. When I think back of our conversion, we, we talk to use that word for a moment. We think back to that experience, that life-changing encounter where we met Christ along the way and decided and understood that our life needed to be put into his hands when that happens, what, what's the result of that? What comes flooding in? I think to my own testimony, when I opened my heart in that moment, what flooded in was the love of God and a deep understanding that God loved me on a very personal, intimate level and that I mattered to him and that you have this uh, kind of awakening to the undeserving. It's beyond human words. And I, we, we talked a little bit before this um, with each other about this. And I expressed one of my favorite scriptures in the Book of Mormon about the conversion of Alma the Younger, who, who does probably the best job you can in trying to articulate what that would feel like. But it was such a transformation for him to understand and feel that he was beyond saving or, or in need of God's help. And then to have the Lord come and rescue him. And that he coins that phrase that is just one of my favorite of all time, that he says, my joy became as exceeding as my pain. And so when we walk in our life and we have this experience where when we open the door of our heart and we let Christ in and he fills it with all of that affirmation, support, and love, it, it builds an element of trust. You trust God. And so you, despite maybe how you feel in life about your willingness to be vulnerable with people or circumstances or whatever is happening, you can do that with God. And if we give our heart to God in those moments, we entrust those things to his care in those moments, he'll steer us in the right direction. It's really interesting, I think, with human behavior because, you know, certain people are subject to certain things, certain uh, characteristics based on things that happen to them. So for instance, maybe for me, I'm resistant and don't like to be vulnerable because of things that happen in my life that stood out more than, than others. Things happen in our lives that make us who we are, that put us in a position to not be able to give in and take on the value of Christ and allow him to control your heart. It's harder for other people than others reality is it's not necessarily a simple thing to be able to do. 
No, it's to try to uncover, especially in a simple conversation, it's like trying to put the ocean into a Dixie cup. It's impossible. It's so multifaceted. But I think what you're driving at, or at least what I'm thinking came into my mind while you were talking about that is, is one, establishing the idea that the purpose for our heart, God has a design for that, and that it's a tool for us to use in our walk with God, and that if we use it appropriately and measured against his word and what he's given to us in this life, it will strengthen us and be a tremendous resource for us. But along with that, because our identity is tied to that, we acquire all these things in life, pains, hurts, frustrations, all these things that also in handing over our heart to God, we're entrusting it to a healer, to a God who understands, to a God who can can address very permanently and effectively those wounds of life that we we take on as people and bring us to a place to move beyond it. You know, this is why we read in the word of God where it talks about a lot of times the characters and behaviors of the disciples of God, the saints of God as beyond earthly measure, peace that passes understanding, being defined in our conviction for Christ because of this love that exceeds human capability all of these characteristics stem from this very place that, you know, God, he's tender with us. He can heal us. I, I think of, you were saying, I was thinking of the scripture in Isaiah where it talked about the purpose of Christ. And it was this exchange that it says like he would give us beauty for ashes, joy for mourning. It says the garment of praise in exchange for the spirit of heaviness. This is what happens when we take those moments in those wounds of our heart and we bring them to the feet of Jesus Christ, he can exchange those things and he can make our wounds strengths and our weaknesses to serve us in a wonderful way. So this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is what we're all talking about. As you're saying these things, the great exchange, my heart swells up. You know, you're thinking about what God can do. And if you're a follower of Christ, like we are, as I'm listening to you talk, my heart literally swells. The feeling of excitement and, and purpose swells within me. What are you trying to say? I could give my pain to the Lord and he's going to give me healing and I can give my fear to God and he's going to give me confidence. And I, get, I mean, seriously, think about that. And the scripture says that he makes our weaknesses strengths. I guess what it really comes down to then is the big decision. Can we, as people, make the decision to give Jesus Christ the keys to the car so that he is what drives, or at least his purpose is what drives our behavior. That's the big decision. If you're already a follower of Christ, that's the big decision that has to be made. What do you think, Cameron? I think that we have to be enticed. It's not as easy as it sounds to just say, give your heart to the Lord. And I thought of the scripture that says, unless we yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit, we'll basically be at war with God. Our flesh is, is at war with Him. I think just like with all of the, the negative things that could fill our hearts as human beings, we're enticed by those things and ultimately make the decision to allow those things in. They seem more attractive than some other alternative. And I think that's how the Lord finds His way in as well. It's a process of of us recognizing something that's spiritually enticing. We witness an act of love. We witness somebody else give their their life to the Lord. We hear a testimony inspired by a sermon. We have an uplifting interaction with somebody that we feel loved through a conversation or some 
act of kindness. And that entices us to allow more of the Lord into our heart. That may be a long process for some. For others, it might be a relatively short one. We have to be willing to be enticed by good over bad. That's a choice that we're faced with day in and day out, even as followers of Christ, even after we've been converted. That is a daily struggle, a daily decision-making process. So back to Tom Brady and Michael Jordan for a minute. They had to make a decision to want to be great, and then that opened the door for the purpose or the push of their heart and their motivation to be great. Yeah, I think it has to be deep-seated in the core of who you are or you won't, you won't go to that place. You can't. And so it has to be woven into the fabric of, you know, your perspective and belief. I agree as well. I mean, I think that if you, you talk about both of those uh, sports figures and what motivated them, I think the common theme watching the Jordan documentary and then hearing people talk about Tom Brady and why he would want to switch teams after all he built his legacy In both cases, people talk about the desire, the absolute unending desire for winning. And they will do whatever it takes to win. And they talk about even, you know, in the locker room, if you're shooting tape into the the garbage basket, they're competitive in everything they do. And, you know, I think that translates spiritually as well. If our core, our absolute purpose is to get closer to God, and that's what burns within us on a daily basis, we'll find ways to do it. Now, I'd love to say that I'm a a shining example of that, and I'm always a thousand percent motivated to be pursuing the Lord, but I'll confess to you that I'm not. And I think the Lord gives us various ways to stay motivated. He gives us the Word of God. He gives us our church family. He gives us each other. He gives us friends. He gives us the ability to see God in so many different aspects, our children, our jobs, but it all starts with that driving force and what we're trying to achieve. In their case, it's winning championships. In our case, it's trying to ultimately find ourselves in the paradise of God. And the way to do that along the way is to look for him at every turn. You know, for people that haven't yet decided to make Christ a part of their life, I'm hoping when they listen to this, they're finding some way to understand as to why they need to. And for those people that have accepted Christ, I'm hoping that they hear or find out from this podcast um, the reasons why they need to push a little bit harder in the direction of Christ and opening themselves up to that. Because the benefits of allowing Christ in span beyond what we go through in this life. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend that concept, but things we discussed and the scripture that you guys have referenced brings a clear perspective for me on what it is I need to do. Life is complex and people are searching in every aspect of life to consolidate their needs. We see even in retail and in a very natural way, places that were the one-stop shops that you can go to, to get everything addressed, they're excelling. They have an advantage over, you know, other companies and other situations because people want that. They need that. And the heart is probably one of the most complex things that we have in this life to deal with. And to know that in Christ, it's that one-stop shop. He can address every issue of our heart, every need of our heart. At whatever it is, whatever wavelength we find ourselves in and on, 
we can take it to Christ and he will meet us where we were at and, and take us. And the promise in scripture is that we would become trees of righteousness. That's not my personal doing. That's a surrender and allowing God to work in my heart and in my life. That's a promise that he's making to anybody who's willing to meet him in that place. And so I think that's a baseline encouragement and motivation for anybody. And when we get up in the morning and we our feet hit the ground, wherever we're at, whatever we're facing, whatever burdens we're carrying, we know that with God, those things are possible and that he is greater than whatever those barriers are. And so you can see through circumstances to the vision of, of the promise of Christ for us. And ultimately that's eternal life and salvation. But from day to day, it's, it's whatever strength and need that needs to be addressed. When we give our heart to the Lord, he is that resource for us to plug into. You know, it, the heart is a very functional thing. Without it physically, we can't have life. It pumps life into every aspect of our body. It's the same way spiritually. When that is plugged into Christ, it's pumping life into every aspect of, the, of what we do. And we can thrive. We can thrive in Christ. And it's not, it's not circumstantial because it's rooted in Christ. And that's a great answer to our original question at the beginning of, of the podcast, which was why God wants us to give him our hearts. Cameron, I don't know if you want to give the um, final word today. What is your final word on this concept of giving our hearts to God? He wants us so badly to give our hearts to him because he knows what's best for us. He knows the blessings. He knows the insight. He knows the encouragement. He knows the compassion. He knows all of those things that are just waiting for us. And I think as human beings, we sometimes put ourselves through torture, in a sense, chasing other things when he knows best. He's always known best. I think he ultimately wants us to give our hearts to him because he knows what we're capable of. He knows the benefits of us doing it. And he has always wanted the best for humankind. Let's not forget God's purpose in this whole thing is to reclaim us, all of us, back to him. I think for most of us that have found Christ, we understand that anything God has for us is better than what we have for ourselves. I mean, it's just so obvious if you walk with Jesus Christ, those of us that do, there's no second guessing how much of an impact his spirit and his light has in our lives and how it makes everything that is good in our lives better, how it makes all things that are bad eased and changed. And it allows us to have a whole new perspective on what our purpose in this life is. So if God's purpose is to reclaim us and his purpose for us in this life is to be reclaimed, that means that our understanding of this life being lived for the next all that more clear. So ending this particular podcast, thank you guys for your insight and for your, again, honest conversation about what some people might think is an easy concept, but I think is complex. And for shedding some light on, on this concept of the mind and the heart and what drives people and what motivates people. And hopefully our listeners picked up on some of these things, even just a little bit we thank everyone for listening and we hope you join us again next week as we look forward to another episode of the One Eye Podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you.